the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about uh, a new book from an MD who is known uh, also as the Conscience of Psychiatry. Um, Peter Bregan is the author of a new book called COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. And he uh, joins me by phone. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be with you, Tom. Um, Tell me about this book. Um, Everybody's familiar with COVID-19. We hear about it constantly. But um, tell me about Global Predators. Who are they? And why do we get to be their prey? Well, first, it was uh, very shocking to me to begin to do the research on it. My own experience is that as a psychiatrist, I've been involved in a lot of reform efforts, but most relevant here, I've been a medical expert against most of the big drug companies around the way they manufacture, distribute, advertise, and so on, psychiatric drugs. And so I actually had the opportunity to go inside the drug companies on many occasions to look at actually, best as you can tell from documentation, what they're doing. And it was very clear to me that the drug companies in general were not behaving ethically, that they, um, they, they're driven totally by profit motive. And that includes protecting themselves from any criticism at all. And that they were working very closely with the FDA. For example, I was the expert back in the 1990s for all the combined Prozac suits and uh, against Eli Lilly for violence, suicide. Yeah, I want to ask you about that because we hear a lot about uh, the opioid epidemic with regard to pain management. But weren't we already dealing with a uh, pain management crisis in the field of mental health? Well, it's a little different. I mean, everything is not as it seems. The main opiate crisis right now is the open border policies that have dominated uh, all the presidencies except Trump, which allow the Chinese to pump into America large amounts of their variation on fentanyl, which is uh, hundreds of times more powerful than the painkillers that we're taking most of the time. And then the young people who are addicted to one drug or another start experimenting and they get the Chinese fentanyl and it kills them. 
And so it's it's so much a matter of a stealth war against the United States, which our government, the CDC, the FDA, do not want to recognize. For example, at the very start of the pandemic, and this will give you an idea who the predators are as we go along, we heard Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and uh, Michael Bloomberg, who used to be the mayor of New York, all praising China, and China is wonderful. China has this system that, that will stop the uh, plague. America is too weak. We don't have a strong enough government. And they're all collaborating, and they're saying that China could never have made SARS-CoV-2, could never have released it, and so on and so forth. And then we start researching it using the skills. My wife, who's co-author, Ginger Bregan, the skills we have from decades of, of research into pharmaceutical industry, and we find out that in 2015, there's already a scientific paper published in a major journal, a study funded by Fauci, in which the U.S. and China are collaborating and making SARS-CoV viruses. And it's, that's like four to five years ahead of time that it's published, ahead of the uh, denial that China can make these things. That was a 2015 paper. It's uh, got Ralph Barrick's name on it out of the, a major uh, area that, that Fauci funds to Chapel Hill, North Carolina people. And then a year later, there's a paper in 2016. Uh, this, the first paper has two, two Chinese doctors on it that are being funded. One of them is the famous bat lady that is loved by the Western media, who is the expert on the, on the coronaviruses, and the other is the head of the labs. And then in 2016, there's a follow-up paper in which they thank the Bat Lady for helping them and giving them the materials for developing the spike protein to attach to the SARS-CoV viruses. All this in the scientific literature was staring at this. Meanwhile, the major media and the rest of the scientific community is saying it's a conspiracy theory that this couldn't happen, they could never do it, and yet there's been a whole line of publishing about it. We finally dug up like maybe 10 studies, some of them uh, Chinese authors directly funded by Fauci, some of them uh, teams of, uh, with Chinese and U.S. funded by Fauci, and sometimes just U.S. teams funded by Fauci. So and then we look further to see if, this, if there's ever been a SARS-CoV release from nature, which is supposedly the great fear that SARS-CoV is going to come out of nature. We have to prepare, so we'll make them in our labs. And we find out that there's never been a, an emergence from nature of a SARS-CoV that we can prove. There's one questionable one back in 2003-04. After that, they're all lab leaks. I was able to count in the book, totally documented, including World Health Organization documents, seven SARS-CoV leaks since, from labs since 2003-04. Most of them back in 2003 and 2004. So the Chinese, the U.S., everybody was already manipulating SARS-CoV viruses. We realized we were stepping into one of the biggest boondoggle and fraud ever. Then we found out that much of what was going on in, in the current pandemic was planned as far back as 2010 when Gates, along with Fauci and Schwab, announced the uh, decade of the vaccine. I mean, it's, it's not like something yeah, I wanna, 10 years ago. I, I want to get into that a little bit because I, I remember uh, 
then-President Trump uh, talking about how rapidly the, um, the vaccines were developed and talking to some medical uh, professionals, doctors and so on, um, and, and some researchers who say, well, yeah, but the, there was work being done on this for several years prior to this particular variant, if you will. And um, so it, it wasn't, it, it didn't necessarily make it easy, but it made it more possible to come up with something very quickly. Well, yeah, it's, it's worse than that. As of 2015, Bill Gates had already selected the two um, vaccines that the U.S. was going to finance and make his favorite drug companies well, uh, wealthier and wealthier. Well, and, and, and you suggest, course, too, that Operation Warp Speed was um, something that was well in the works before what we know well, of as the pandemic. And, and I, yeah. I, I want you to talk about that a little bit because I had Paul Mango on the show a few weeks ago who, at the time, was uh, the point person on uh, Operation Warp Speed, and he... Um, was deputy chief of staff for health and human services or something under the uh, Trump administration. And, and he was um, really kind of crowing about how well business and government and healthcare professionals work together to make Operation Warp Speed happen. That's fascinating. I don't know about him, so I want to find out about him. Paul Mango. Yes, they were already in 2015 and 16 working with Fauci at NIAID and uh, Rick Wright at BARDA. What they did, the key agency that they had to control in order to do Operation Warp Speed, in order to get all the money from the federal government paid to Moderna and paid to Pfizer to cover all their costs, all of which is spelled out in the document we found and we discussed in the book, which was the, uh, it's called the CEPI, C-E-P-I, Preliminary Business Plan. And CEPI was this organization that still exists that Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and a number of very powerful organizations uh, organized in order to just set up this whole thing of, of what is the Great Reset, having, having uh, the industry completely subsidized by government during the next um, pandemic. It was planned out. We have the documents of planning between WHO and, um, and Bill Gates' group, between the UN, we know about that, and, and the Gates group. Uh, so it was all laid out way, way in advance. And what they did is they involved Rick Bright, who would then become the head of BARDA, the controlling organization. BARDA stands for, and this is a U.S. agency, Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. So they, 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 uh, they took the guy they knew was going to be appointed the head. They get start working with him in 2016. He's made the head. Uh, by um, Obama in 2016-17 as he's going out and um, they uh, bring him down and they work with him and they get him involved in the planning so he thinks he's a big deal you know he's a deep state uh, bureaucrat and um, 
he brags about it, and then he be, is so much in their pocket that when Trump tries to release 60 million doses of hydroxychloroquine, which would have stopped the epidemic in the U.S., that would just stop the epidemic, Rick Bright, who everybody thought was just this bureaucrat, they don't know he's been working with Bill Gates for five years, six years, um, and uh, with Schwab and so on. He cancels it and he says, no, it's unscientific. I, Rick Bright, announced it's unscientific to release hydroxychloroquine. I won't do it. And that was a that just knocked Trump uh, really out of the game, unless he had immediately fired Bright, which he did not. He relieves Bright of his job. Bright goes to work for Rockefeller, another one of the predators, uh, the global predators who are involved in this. And he brags in his bio how he helped create CEPI, which is the whole program that is unleashed on the world in uh, 2022. But that's not enough for them. They get uh, the former head of BARDA, again, the key federal organization behind all the big spending, all the rush programs, and uh, it's part of the um, Emergency Use Authorization Act. It's, it's the center that nobody talks about. And they get the prior head of BARDA for five years to be their lifetime, which I've never heard of before, their lifetime CEO of their organization, CEPI. They owned the central federal organization that controlled everything ultimately with the agreement of the FBA, FDA and the agreement of Fauci and so on. Controlled everything that unfolded, making the drug companies more rich and powerful, making these the UN and the World Health Organization, which is an agency of it, more powerful, covering for the Chinese, which we now know uh, that um, that the World Health Organization did. We have emails with Fauci about their collaboration to make believe that the virus couldn't have come from the Chinese communists who had already had four releases from their own labs by mistake. So, I mean, this is the kind of horror show that's being withheld from the public, and that's, that's what we do in the book, uh, you know, COVID-19, The Global Predators. People can get the book directly from us if they want to, a lot of people want to buy now from the authors and um, you can get it directly from us at uh, wearethepray.com or you can get it on uh, online at um, uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million and so on. And the book is sold 65,000 copies already and we're just getting into the major promoting of the book right now. So this is very real. The book has introductions by Three of the very top uh, physicians working in the field of treating people and uh, working in the arena, blowing the whistle and what's going on. Peter A. McCullough, MD, MPH, one introduction. Another by Zev Zelenko, uh, MD, who uh, was the first person to develop the, hydrox the hydro uh, hydroxychloroquine protocol for treatment. And uh, a marvelous uh, woman, uh, Elizabeth Lee Vliet, who Peter. is uh, the head of uh, a really important foundation that Peter. is um, doing this stuff. Yes. I, I hate to interrupt, but I have to put a comma here. I have to go to a break. Can you stick around so we can talk some more? 
Oh, absolutely. All right. My guest is uh, Dr. Peter Bregan, and uh, we're going to talk about his new book coming up uh, after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. 
No, I get it, you're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about a uh, new book called COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey by Harvard-trained psychiatrist and author Dr. Peter Bregan, who joins me by phone. Peter, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Well, it's fascinating because they have the CDC there whipping up fear, telling people about being scared of traveling. They've got, you know, got to quarantine afterward and so on and on. And actually, the pandemic is pretty much over. The variants that are now coming out are, as we would expect through natural evolution, much weaker because those are the ones that do the best in the human race. If they don't kill us and they don't make us very, very sick. They really thrive, whereas if they make us very sick, we can identify them and quarantine them. So, uh, folks, that basically the, uh, the threat is over, and the threat was never very great. It was exaggerated with huge numbers of deaths attributed to COVID, which, which were, were not from COVID. 96% of the deaths, from co- so-called deaths from COVID, Actually, it was 94% of the so-called deaths from COVID were uh, involved an average of two and a half other serious illnesses, mostly in older people. So you couldn't even make the attribution. Only 6% of the reports of death from COVID simply involved a person dying of the disease. And then they, uh, they neglect to tell you that there have been 30,000 reported deaths for the CDC from the vaccines. And in the past, Tom, any vaccine that killed more than half a dozen people or so was taken off the market. So whereas no vaccines ever got up to 50 deaths or before being, you know, triggered and uh, controlled and then taken off the market, now we've got 30,000 reported deaths. And those deaths are but a fraction of the real deaths because doctors are afraid to even say the word vaccine adverse effects they've been so threatened so we're in a situation that's really very very bizarre people are beginning to learn about it our book is acknowledged to be the foundation of the deepest dive in detail but other good books are coming out as well Well, let me let um, me ask about this because i'm curious how you got um alerted to the existence of this this group of people that were planning years in advance Operation Warp, Warp Speed and the Great Reset in 2020 that you talk about in your book um, because those things, when they happened, were described by then-President Donald Trump and, and uh, as I mentioned a few weeks ago on my show, Paul Mango, who was the uh, Deputy Chief of Staff for the... Um, Uh, Health and Human Services Agency uh, during the Trump administration and during Operation Warp Speed. And these guys are talking about that that this stuff all just came up and was miraculous. 
What alerted you to do the deep dive? Well, we were kind of reluctant to get into it because we'd had such heavy attack in our lives for going up against the drug companies per se, let alone what we found ourselves stepping into. But it was what I described early in the show when we realized that while everybody is acting as if it's a conspiracy theory to say that the uh, Chinese lab, Wuhan, or one of its military uh, labs, these are, these are biological warfare labs in China, that that they had uh, that they could even make a SARS-CoV-2 and we find there's a vast scientific literature on it. So, but see, my whole life has been spent diving into scientific literature and for the past 40 of those years, Ginger's worked with me. I've published about 20 plus books. One's very famous, was talking back to Prozac, which sold almost a million copies, heavily documented. I was the expert for all the combined, the medical expert for all the combined suits against Eli Lilly for Prozac adverse effects, big ones like death and psychosis and uh, murder and so on, suicide. So I had this huge background in doing these huge reports and studying, and I just started applying it, and then all of a sudden I was doing something I'd never done for too much, uh, you know, for the legal cases, I was looking past to what the connections were. I knew the FDA collaborated with the drug companies because I that I found out in the in the suits where the D, uh, FDA would be a, a co collaborator. You couldn't sue them, but you'd list them as an unindicted collaborator. Um, and so I had that background, but I'm still shocked that other people haven't done it. Now, it did take huge, huge work time. We started working on this in March of 2020. We got the final draft of the book out in um, August and then a, a slightly improved draft in November. Um, so it, it took us a long time and we worked, um, you know, uh, and that, that's the fo following year. And we, we worked, you know, 10, 12 hours a day and since we're rather mature people, I'm 85. My wife's quite a bit younger. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a lot. I feel like God's hand was in it because I don't know how I had that energy to have a whole second lifetime, in effect, uh, working on these issues. But it was clear to me, I've always cared about America and America's freedom. And it was clear to me that, that this is really an assault on the Western democracies. You know, you think about how they have closed down uh, New Zealand and Australia. This is the road, the Silk Road that China, you know, builds around the world. New Zealand, Australia, and then Canada. China's heavily invested up there. And so they were in a position to really hammer these not as powerful democracies as us. But uh, they have badly damaged us. I mean, that should be apparent to anyone. And our current president, Joe Biden is heavily involved in uh, criminal conspiracies uh, with China, his family making tens of millions of dollars. There's a new book on uh, out on that by Peter Schweizer, Red Handed, where he talks about um, the, um, you know, the Bidens, um, how his son followed them around everywhere he flew and made tens of millions of dollars in deals and there's even one telegram that talks about, you know, yeah, the big boy, the big guy gets 10%. That's Joe. Wealthy family now. Um, so 
the the influence of China is behind so much of this, and that was that was a total shock to me. I mean, I had no idea that Bill Gates was so closely tied to Xi Jinping as he turns out to be, for example, making money, making money. Let me let me see if I if I can set this up um, and and give you a little room to to work with the. Just before we went live, you mentioned some breaking news about the WHO, and yeah. I, and I want you to talk about that. And I also want you to sort of compare and draw in the CDC because um, HHS, CDC, and then a number of similar organizations, state by state, have been places where healthcare professionals routinely on my show over the last two years. Um, have steered people for credible information, and 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 some of the people are people with pretty good resumes. I mean, they're they're doctors from Johns Hopkins and the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. And yeah. The Tom, the better the, re- the better the resume. I can tell you, I was at Harvard uh, for a full year uh, for my training, and I also spent four years as a Harvard undergraduate working with professors. I ran a giant volunteer program as a college sophomore, junior, and senior. And um, the higher up you go, the bigger the credentials, the closer you are to the big money and the less reliable you are. It was quite a shock. And, and, and so I, I just I want, I want to finish my thought here, Peter, ahead, and then Tom. let you go um, with your your response and, and sharing information. Um but the the idea that you were suggesting to me was that the WHO was going to take over the um, uh, uh, global oversight of uh, pandemic response and, well, and health, treatment and health in now. general. Yeah. Um, and 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 I guess the question I would ask very naively is. Why isn't it a good thing to have one centralized policy maker um, because of all the uh, infighting that we saw from state to state within our own country? If you think about, you know, who were the great one policy makers? Hitler, Mussolini, Mao, Xi Jinping in China, whom Bill Gates adores, and uh, actually all the top tech companies are just adore, adore China, and they help the Chinese um, uh, hide their uh, atrocities, they help the Chinese uh, develop their surveillance systems, but let the U.S. top U.S. companies, they have no heart, no soul, these big companies, they're... Uh, they're there for the power, and that they become a part of this whole system of people in power. The one thing that any, if we were still teaching civics, which we don't anymore, we teach socialism in our public schools quite literally, but if we were teaching civics, we'd say the, the founders of this nation knew that no one person could ever be trusted to have power over the country. They knew that every democracy failed when it deteriorated into a dictatorship and the people stopped fighting for their freedom. And they set up checks and balances to control the uh, powers of the uh, system of the president, of the executive and the legislative and the judicial. 
um, all human progress is about freedom. It's about people unleashing their creativity. And the whole purpose of the U.S. government initially, not the whole, but 90% of the purpose, was to protect individual freedom, not to control people. It's the opposite concept. Lincoln's called that, you know, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. This is the giant experiment that's being destroyed now. The forces of empire, let's take charge and run it for people, are as old as the oldest stories in the Bible. The very oldest stories in the Bible. You know, one of the biggest stories of all is, uh, you know, the Jews leaving, uh, escaping slavery in Egypt, a story that profoundly influenced the founders as a as a metaphor and as history. So, I mean, that's what we're up against right now. There is no one person who is incorruptible. There is no one organization that's incorruptible. The only, we only know of one person in human history who ever had complete power and gave it up in the name of the freedom of the people, and that's George Washington. He had an army that wanted him to become king. They hadn't been paid. They were... Uh, not appreciated. They wanted him to watch, watch, march on, I think at the time it was New York, and um, and to, uh, maybe it was Philly, take over the government. And he refused, and he was heartbroken. He told his officers, how could you do this? I spent my years and years and years of my life, you know, wintering and being cold and being away from my my home, and then uh, you're going to do this. You're going to try to make me a king instead of a free, uh, making us a free country. So we are the great experiment in freedom. All the other things have been tried again and again and again, and they don't work because human beings are too corruptible, and human beings cannot have unlimited power. Uh, Tedros won't have unlimited power. He is. He do is you a have any? Do, do you have any sense, Peter, of when American companies um, began being so corruptible? I mean, I know we always had, uh, you know, big businesses that were um, corrupt, and, and we went through the, the whole thing about, um, uh, oh, what was it, uh, um, Monopolies and and well, so we on. went through the whole Robert Barron story. That may that will ring a bell for some people. Yeah, exactly. Audience, but but, but I the remember the Carnegies. But I remember a time when well-to-do people in communities all over the country um, had an attitude of, "If I'm doing well, everyone does well." And well, I do think that that that's, still exists, but those are relatively small businesses, Tom. And and, that, and getting rarer and rarer, I fear. That's right. That's right. Yes, and the, the thing that's so bizarre now <clears throat> is that uh, most of the big tech companies, the big banks, uh, the biggest investment company in the world, BlackRock, they all are progressive, they think, in their minds. So they're actually predatory capitalists masquerading as progressives is quite bizarre. I mean, at, at the major uh, so-called capitalist meetings of the year, the one put on every year by, uh, by uh, at Davos, by Klaus Schwab, and the one put on by Michael Bloomberg at various places, they, they 
are they they prefer Xi Jinping and communism over the U.S. and they they do it openly. But is that so something thing, that has evolved organically? That's evolved. That's evolved. No, not organically. It's heavily planned. Uh, Klaus Schwab. We've learned more recently. You may have been hearing on on some some outlets. Uh, has had a school for young leaders that's been going on for decades. They've trained the people like Markle, the head of Germany. There's this talk that Bill Gates may have been one through one of Schwab schools. I haven't documented that yet, but there's like hundreds and hundreds of world people, important people in the world, have been literally trained by them, and they've been working with the UN immediately after, well, 2010, when all these guys announced the decade of the vaccines. They're tooling up to use vaccines to cow the world, intimidate the world, run the world, get wealthier and wealthier. They're doing it. They're planning it. They go to the UN and in 2012, Bill Gates gets approval of his vaccine decade from the UN because they want a piece of the action. And indeed, some more more idealistic people on the left said, "How can you? How can the UN be working with Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab, who also developed a, an agreement with the UN? Um, how, how can you be doing that?" So, so you know, some people on the left have been very, very idealistic. They're not all these predators, but the predators rise to the top. That's the problem. They've risen to the top in American education, really, pretty much all aspects. Now they're at the top of the FBI and the CIA because that's what they do. That's what they do. They take over stuff. And that's what Marxism teaches. And that's what we're facing now. This is, John is just a, a giant thing that people have been working on from various directions. Um, and the scariest part is how much the Chinese communists have managed to seduce our leaders. I mean, imagine a man like Fauci running a, our, one of our major institutes, literally helping the Chinese work with us to develop what are essentially biological weapons, that is making viruses in their labs more deadly. It's called gain-of-function research. What kind of warped global mind, what kind of warped uh, Marxist infiltrated mind do you have to have to put the whole world, including your own country, at risk by working with the Wuhan Institute and helping finance them when, when their boss, the director, since January of 2020, the Wuhan Institute is the head of biological warfare for the military in China. It's all one piece in China. And I mean, so the mentality has become really international, global, with a heavy load of communism. But the major many of the major mechanisms they use in corporations, and but it's not capital, it's not free enterprise. It's all predatory, and that's Is, that's the situation we're in. And yet, the uh, your book concludes with chapters on what America and the world must do in the coming yes. weeks and months to save humanity's freedoms. But my question is, are, it, it seems like we're too late. Well, I'm not sure. We're seeing some major turnarounds. And the, the press will never cover it, the major press, adequately. 
But we have this amazing phenomena in Canada now. The Canada's, Canadians, by the way, have been far more oppressed by the public policies than even we have. And the Canadian truckers have occupied Ottawa. They're occupying other cities. They've brought their family with them. They're camping out. They're being peaceful. They're celebrating. And they're saying, we won't move until Trudeau, who is one of the people who went through the training for the Great Reset as a, a young person with the, uh, as far as we can tell, with, with Klaus Schwab's group. But they, that's big. It's starting to happen in America. Support the truckers, folks. It's happening all over Europe. Um, the truckers, for some reason, are, are kind of the last bastion. Well, maybe the last bastion of small businesses. These men own their own trucks. Most of them are flyover country kind of people that are despised by Hillary Clinton and, and the leftists and all the New York and Los Angeles intellectuals whom I, I used to be one of. Um, they, um, they're, they're God-fearing. They believe in their countries. They love Canada. They love the U.S. They, they have Canadian flags and some U.S. ones. So I see a big hope there. And we're developing a lot of alternative media I'm on a radio station called Bright, a TV station called Brighteon. I have a program at um, six o'clock on Thursdays live on Brighteon.tv. You can get it on Roku. It's called Refounding American, Reclaiming Ourselves. And there are these alternative stations. Mike Wendell, the Pillow Man, has an alternative station that I do guest. Uh, many guest appearances on talking about these issues. We have new platforms uh, substituting for um, YouTube. Folks may not know, but but if you actually openly criticize the CDC right now, you'll be taken down permanently off of YouTube. We were taken down permanently. Well, they were threatening us. They took us down 45 minutes after I announced on YouTube the publication of my book. 45 minutes later, we're permanently taken down. Well, Peter, um, I can't believe how fast the time is going. And, yes. <laughs> and we're just scratching the surface, my friend. But We are. Um, but let me do this, as I always do with guests, give uh, you an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is a great place to start, COVID-19 and the Global Predators by uh, Peter Roger Bregan. Uh, but, um, Peter, um, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website that you'd like to uh, yes. share? The basic web website is bregin, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. And the best way to keep in touch with us is to get our free, frequent alerts. Just sign up for them, and we will keep you alert to all the radio, TV stuff. We'll keep you alert to new articles. We'll keep you alert to news. Uh, we also have a free newsletter that my wife, Ginger, who's my co-author, um, uh, conducts, and it has a lot of positive news in it as well as the critical news about what's going on. Um, and you can get that on our website, com. You can buy the book on the website. Um, at a discount, as I mentioned, or you can go e most easily just to our dedicated book website, which is wearetheprey.com, 
Okay. You can get the book also anywhere in the world off All right. of Amazon. Peter, we've, I've got to end it there, but uh, thanks for uh, spending this time thanks with me Tom. and the listeners. And uh, keep digging. Keep up the, the good work. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really doing it. Thank you. Thank Take. you so much, Tom. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. WH Wise Carver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flipflip Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Ellen Sherman, Cleveland housewife and mother. Hi, I'm a nuclear physicist and commissioner of consumer affairs. In my spare time, I do needlepoint, read, sculpt, take writing lessons, and brush up on my knowledge of current events. Thursday's my day at the daycare center, and then there's my work with the deaf. But I still have time left over to do all my own baking and practice my backhand, even though I'm on call 24 hours a day as a legal aid. How does Ellen Sherman do it all? 
She's smart. She takes speed. The tiny blue diet pill you don't have to be overweight to need. And then I collect these paper bags. And I have them right here, all folded and everything. In case anyone needs a paper bag, I have Yes, one. speed. Because I fold them neatly, you know. I don't fold them just any old way. Why I not ask your family doctor for a prescription today? And, and when that runs out, you can ask your neighbor's doctor. And your mother's doctor. And your college roommate's doctor. And your best friend from high school's doctor. And your babysitter's doctor. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. In these days of the Cold War, the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, has become one of our most valuable tools. However, many Americans have complained that too much of the CIA's activities have been kept secret. Tonight, as a public service, we are happy to be able to present the secret head of the CIA who will answer all of your questions. To maintain the secrecy of his identity, he will be wearing a mask. How do you, how do you do, sir? My name is Jose Jimena. <laughs> sir, you, you just told your name. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Well, well. Yes, I'll just take off the mask. But first, I'd like to say something. What? Trick or treat. <laughs> sir, as a... Uh, oh, boy, sir. they're going to really kid me about that back at the office. I don't know. Sir, First sir. time I had this mask off. Do I need to shave up here? No, no, no. No. It has been said that spies work for the highest bidder. Would you tell me if that's true? What's it worth to you? I, uh, I understand that uh, when you're a spy, you use very tricky devices. Is that true? You understand that when you're a spy, you use tricky devices. Well, you see this cigarette that I'm smoking? Uh-huh. You see that? Yes. That's really a gun. <laughs> Come on now, you can't tell me that cigarette is a gun. Oh, yeah? How would you like a shot in the mouth? <laughs> we also, among other things, use very... Cleverly concealed cameras. Oh, really? Sure. See this front tooth here? Yeah. See that? Yes, I that's, see. That's not really a tooth. That's a miniature camera. How does it work? Just press my nose. <laughs> and, and that'll take a picture? No, I just like people to press my nose. <laughs> Actually, uh, my nose is a, a shortwave radio. <laughs> You work the camera by pulling in my left ear. What happens when you pull on your right ear? That turns on my nose. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's absolutely... Amazing. I think it's running now. <laughs> that's amazing, a camera in your tooth. Uh-huh. I can't even see the little hole. Well, that's because I was in the right half of the class. 
How did you get an idea like that, having a camera in your tooth? Well, I had this film on my teeth. I thought, why let it go to waste? You know, Sir, I've heard that they do terrible things to gain information from captured spies. Oh, boy. You heard about that, huh? Yes. I tell you, they do. Oh. Do you know, one time they captured me and they took these bamboo things, they put them underneath my fingernails, and they lit fire to them. They were burning things under my fingernails. <laughs> and then they came and they hit me on the shoulders very hard, right there with the bony part where it really could hurt. <laughs> and then they punched me in the nose, and they punched me in the stomach, and then they took these pair of pliers and they squeezed me all over the place. <laughs> and then they started to torture me. <laughs> Did you talk? No, I was too busy screaming. <laughs> you must have had some uh, thrilling experiences. Oh, I can think of one now. You know, one time I was on a plane, you know, and I had these form documents, and I saw on the same plane, right down just a couple of seats from me, still in first class. Yes. Oh. Or a couple of foreign power people, you see? Yes. They were there. Yes. So I took these foreign documents and I went into the laboratory. But when I came out, they caught me with the documents. Well, why didn't you get rid of them? Well, there was a sign that says, don't throw any foreign articles into the laboratory. <laughs> Sir, who would you say was the greatest spy in history? The greatest spy in history was Ludwig van Beethoven. I didn't know Beethoven was a spy. You see how great he was? <laughs> as long as we have you here in front of these microphones, uh, would it uh, be all right with you if some of the people here in the audience ask you some questions uh, pertaining to the CIA? Would you answer all of their questions? Yes, I would answer all of them. Oh, that's I'd very good. very happy. Would, would you delighted. please uh, feel free to ask any questions you have? How can we get a job at the CIA? You have any experience as a spy? <laughs> Not yet. Are you married? <laughs> yes. You've had experience. <laughs> If you are caught behind enemy lines, all you have to do is give the name, rank, and serial number of every soldier in the United States Army, where they are billeted, and, and how many bullets they have. Otherwise, they'll give you such a clock, you won't even know. Yes? That it's still going on. <laughs> I mean, did you hear anything whistling, duck? Does the CIA have a theme song? Excuse me? Does the CIA have a theme song? Yes. It's over where? <laughs> Here you go. How many copies would you like? Well, sir, in conclusion, uh, as a spy, uh, do you have a code? No, it just sounds like that because I got this radio in my nose. <laughs> yeah.
was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all the people who tuned in and listened, but also to all the guests that uh, participated in the show today, starting with this uh, last hour that I spent with um, Harvard-trained psychiatrist Peter Bregan, author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And uh, before that, in the middle of our three-hour tour, the second hour featured top New York City doc uh, working to prevent blindness in people of color. His uh, name is Dr. Daniel LaRoche, Director of Glaucoma Services and President of Advanced Eye Care of New York. And we started out this morning with um, uh, a new book from Harry Glorickian, who... um, wrote the book Moneyball Medicine. He has a new book called The Future You, How Artificial Intelligence Can Help You Get Healthier, Stress Less, and Live Longer. Anyway, I want to say thanks to all of my guests today. I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing from them. Be sure and join us tomorrow. I I have um, some really interesting stuff. We're going to talk with uh, Aaron Washington about uh, Squats and Margaritas, a book that uh, she has written. And um, then uh, in the second hour of our three-hour tour, our roundtable regulars from Armchair Politics are going to join me for the 10 o'clock hour as uh, we remember Wood. We're going to pay tribute to former Flint Mayor Woodrow Stanley and uh, remember him as a frequent participant in armchair politics. We're also going to talk uh, tomorrow with uh, Grammy-winning record producer and uh, one of the founders of Win- uh, Wisdom, no, Wisdom LA, an immersive multimedia art park in downtown Los Angeles. And um, his name is Stephen Powers, and he'll join me tomorrow during the uh, third half of our three-hour tour. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.